What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you, and happy Halloween to you. Hope you have fun celebrating however it is that you do. Today on this podcast, it's time for us to get into the weeds with the Buffalo Bills opponent this week, which is the Washington Redskins. And uh, a game I think the Bills need to have. Got to win this one. We'll talk about that and uh, this opponent here right now. Starting off, of course, with the nuts and bolts. The game will be played on Sunday, November 3rd, 2019 at 1 p.m. Eastern time at New Era Field in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on Fox, the same exact announcing crew we had last week for the Eagles game. Chris Myers on the play-by-play, Daryl Johnson as the game analyst, and Laura Oakman again as a sideline reporter. The two teams have met 14 times in their history. The Bills have won eight of those games. The Redskins have won six, so the Bills hold the advantage there. Fun fact about the Washington Redskins traveling to the Bills' home stadium, New Era Field. The Redskins are the team that has gone the longest without visiting New Era Field. The last time they played in Orchard Park was 16 years ago, 2003. The last time the Bills hosted them was in 2011 in that dreadful Toronto series. So this will be the first time the Redskins have played in Orchard Park in a long time. Um, so always interesting to kind of point out those types of details. The Bills enter this game 5-2 and two in what I think is a big-time gut check. I think this is a game the Bills need to win. They need to bounce back against Philadelphia. I think a sign of a good team is not losing multiple games in a row, bouncing back, learning from your mistakes, and regrouping for a win. And I think that's what needs to happen against a bad Redskins football team that's 1-7. and seven. Uh, Looking ahead at the Bills' schedule, this is the final game of three in a row at home coming out of the bye. And I think they need to claim it. But then you look ahead at the next three games or the next, really, this stretch of four games. It's Washington, at Cleveland, at Miami, and then Denver at home. I think all winnable games, extremely winnable games, four games in a row, that the Bills could win all four of them. And it's not going to change anyone's mind about the football team because none of those opponents are very good. So the Bills need to handle their business. I think there's a realistic chance when we get through this stretch of games, the Bills could be 9-2. and 9-2. and two. I mean, I don't care who you've beaten. 9-2 and two is a good record, and that's a good football team. But here's the caveat. After this stretch, the Bills have at Dallas on Thursday for Thanksgiving, at home against Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, at New England. So just as sure as they can be 9-2, and two, and they have a chance here in these four games – to correct some of the weaknesses, get some offensive uh, consistency established, figure out how to stop the run, all those types of things be more complete in terms of playing a full 60 minutes, reducing penalties, all the stuff that we've been frustrated about for seven games now. You've got four games to get it right, four extremely winnable games, and then it's time for the real test. Are you a team that can actually beat a decent football team or are you a football team that's just going to feast on a weak schedule, backdoor into the playoffs, and not get very far? Not that I expect the Bills to make a deep postseason run this year, but they could, like I said, be 9-2 and two very reasonably, very realistically. I think the Bills will be favored in every one of those games to do this, and then it's time to find out. you got four games to figure it out. This, to me, is, is game one of that four-game stretch where we need to iron out deficiencies and prepare for the being able to beat better football teams. The Redskins, 
uh, enter this game. They are one in seven. And uh, you look over their inventory of games. They played the Eagles pretty tight in week one. Uh, they hit some big plays early to Terry McLaurin, and then you know they they let the Eagles come back into the football game. I think they were up either fourteen to nothing or seventeen to nothing quick in that game, and then things things really fell off the off the wheels there. So in week one they lost thirty two to twenty seven to the Eagles. In week two they lost to Dallas thirty one to twenty one. In week three they lost to Chicago thirty one to fifteen. Week four they lost to the Giants twenty four to three. In uh, week five, they lost to New England 33-7. to That's when they fired their head coach, Jay Gruden. And Bill Callahan's been their interim head coach since. They won the first game under Bill Callahan, 17-16. to Then they lost to the 49ers, 9-0. And then they lost to Minnesota on Thursday night, 19-9. So you can see a very uh, a big shift in the tightness of the football games under Bill Callahan compared to what was going on with Jay Gruden. The team has really kind of changed a little bit in terms of being very run-heavy football team. Adrian Peterson is, Peterson's uh, featured a ton now, and it's just very different. Um, and they're playing tighter games, and I think that that's what Bill Callahan's doing is coaching to keep it tight by running the football, trying to play mistake-free on offense. And you know they got a decent enough defense here that we'll talk about in just a minute, but uh, definitely a big shift in terms of the tightness of those games ever since Bill Callahan's replaced Jay Gruden. Speaking of Bill Callahan, 63 years old. He's the interim head coach, like I said, after Jay Gruden was fired. He's a very highly respected offensive line coach in the NFL. Uh, he's been a former head coach in the NFL for a couple seasons, also was a head coach with uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So looking at his entire resume as a head coach in the league, that was back in 2002 and 2003 with the Oakland Raiders. He was the guy that replaced John Gruden after John Gruden was traded from uh, from the Raiders to the Buccaneers. And so Bill Callahan was his assistant uh, and his offensive coordinator who took that head coaching job. And then in year one, 11-5 and five went to the Super Bowl. And then in year two, 4-12, and 12, <laughs> and he was fired. So things really fell off the rails pretty quick there. He's in his fourth game as head coach or interim coach with the Redskins. He's 1-2 so far. Just kind of looking over his coaching resume. Uh, he's been a coach for a long time. Starting in 1980 through 1994, he was assistant uh, coach in college at Illinois, Northern Arizona, Southern Illinois, and Wisconsin. Got his first chance to coach in the NFL with the Eagles as an offensive line coach from 95 to 97. He was the Raiders offensive coordinator from 98 to 2001, and then he was the interim or the head coach from 2002 to 2003. When he was fired from his uh, his run with the, the Raiders, he became the head coach for the Nebraska Cornhuskers from 2004 to 2007. Uh, after that, he was an assistant head coach for the New York Jets from 2008 to 2011. Cowboys offensive coordinator and offensive line coach from 2012 to 2014. Uh, offensive line coach and assistant head coach for the Redskins from 2015 to 2019, and of course now he's their interim head coach as of the last three games. Um, he's had 19 challenges so far in his career, and has won six of them. So, doing that's an okay that's an okay rate based on what we've learned from some of these other guys. When we look at the quarterback situation for the Washington Redskins, it's a bit of a challenging discussion because we're not exactly sure what we're going to get. Uh, I think they'd love to be to start Case Keenum, 
but he's been in concussion protocol. He got injured last Thursday night against Minnesota, and he's still in concussion protocol as of the recording of this podcast on Wednesday. You're probably listening on Thursday. And if he's unable to go, their rookie first-round pick, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, will be the quarterback against the Buffalo Bills. I think this is a different game if Case Keenum's the quarterback versus if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback. So since we don't know exactly who's going to be the quarterback, it kind of shifts our normal discussion about who the quarterback is. But I want to kind of talk just a little bit about each one of them. Case Keenum, 31 years old, a 61-game starter in the NFL, has started games uh, across 2012 through 2019 with the Texans, Rams, Vikings, Broncos, and Redskins. Um, he's not a very big-armed guy. He's not a guy that uh, you know, you're going to look at him and say, oh, wow, that's a, that's a big, athletic, physical quarterback. He's kind of a smaller guy without much arm talent, but he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. He's uh, not anyone's preferred starter, but he's a guy that can make some throws. He's a guy that can extend plays. And he's got a little bit of savvy to him in terms of winning outside of structure from time to time. Uh, like I said, not not anyone's preferred starter, but he can do some things. He's a respectable quarterback that, you know, it's it's not like this is some of these bad quarterbacks you've seen uh, the Bills play like a John Beck type player or something like that. This is a reasonable quarterback. Um, you should hope that he doesn't play as a Bills fan because I think he's a much better option. The Redskins would have a much better chance of winning this game if he was a quarterback compared to Dwayne Haskins. In fact, you know, Keenum had two 300-yard games within the first three weeks of the season. He passed for 380 against the Eagles. He passed for 332 against Chicago. He passed for 221 against Dallas. And, and so he's not – He's capable of being a productive quarterback. We've seen that when he was with the Vikings a couple years back. Uh, at times with Denver, I think in his season starting for Denver, he had over 3,800 passing yards. So he's he's a reasonable quarterback. Um, if Dwayne Haskins goes, now this is where things get very interesting. This would be his first career start in the NFL. First round pick out of Ohio State. Just a one-year starter from Ohio State. And obviously I've done a lot of work on him from his time there. Uh, a pocket passer, not a guy that moves very well, uh, has some mechanical flaws, uh, doesn't necessarily read defenses very well, doesn't have very good deep accuracy. Um, but a guy that I understood the pick in the first round. I didn't grade him as a first-round caliber quarterback, but I can understand why you would take him in the first round and believe that he can be a franchise quarterback for you. So far, he's been terrible, and he was terrible in the preseason, and he's been terrible when he's got chances to play so far this year. I've seen him play in both times he got on the field, I think once against the Giants and then a little bit more of an extended opportunity against uh, the Redskins, or excuse me, against Minnesota on that Thursday night game when Keenum suffered that concussion. And he's not ready to play based on what we saw last time he stepped on the field. Couldn't get the team in and out of the huddle. He was calling for motions that didn't exist, You know, just getting the team lined up. All of that was very much a struggle for him. Now, he's had a lot of time to prepare for this. The, the, the whole team does. They have extra time. This is the only game so far or that, that will exist so far and throughout the entire course of the season where the Bills' opponent has extra time to prepare. This is it. And so if Dwayne Haskins is called upon to start, it's not going to be something that comes as a surprise to him because he stepped in and he's been probably taking most of the first team, if not all the first team reps in practice. So he should be a little bit more ready compared to the guy we saw step in against the Minnesota Vikings uh, last Thursday night. 
But I'll tell you this, this guy's thrown, he's had 28 dropbacks in the NFL so far. This is crazy stats here. This is bad. 28 dropbacks, which is a very small sample size. But in 28 dropbacks, he's completed 12 passes on 22 attempts. He's had 10 incompletions, 36%. He's been sacked four times, 14%. He's thrown an interception four times. That's also 14%. So when you add that up, 64% of the time, that Dwayne Haskins has dropped back to pass so far in his NFL career in 28 dropbacks, 64% of those times it's either an interception, an incompletion, or a sack. Let that sink in. 64% of the time it's either an interception, an incompletion, or a sack. This is a this is a big test for him, right? If you're thinking about this from a Redskins perspective, putting him in to a game in – Western New York at New Era Field against a good pass defense as his first start with an underwhelming supporting cast. It's a tall ask. It's a big ask. We talked a little bit about that with Chris Russell yesterday on our crossover show. Uh, This is not necessarily the game you'd probably pick for him to step into the lineup. So regardless of who plays quarterback, Keenum or Haskins, I expect the Bills pass defense to be able to handle that. I really do. You, you, you can't lose to this team because those quarterbacks beat you. You shouldn't, especially Haskins. But don't overlook Keenum. Don't overlook him. Don't think, you know, it's kind of like what we talked about with Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback than Keenum, but you have to understand that the, he's at least a reasonable guy that's not going to look like a complete idiot playing quarterback for you. So an underwhelming situation regardless. Uh, I, I'm thinking Redskins fans definitely want Keenum to play I'm guessing they also want to see their rookie quarterback play. I think it's one of those deals where, yeah, you can say ideally we wouldn't start him in his first game, uh, first start against Buffalo on the road, but that's the NFL, right? Like you can't just pick cupcake opportunities and, and hope that they stack up for your rookie quarterback to play. It's just how the NFL goes. And and um, they've got to do it at some point. they got to do it at some point. They got to let him fail forward, see what he can do, um, and it could happen this week. But the Bills kind of have that challenging component of not necessarily knowing exactly which quarterback to prepare for. Uh, but in reality, in either case, it's a manageable situation for the Bills' defense. It definitely should be, at least. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get a hundred dollars off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. All right, let's talk about the rest of this Washington offense outside of the quarterback. The coordinator is Kevin O'Connell, and this is a big shift because Jay Gruden was really the play caller uh, up until the Miami game, and then Kevin O'Connell took over those duties. Let me tell you about him. 34 years old, uh, former quarterback at San Diego State University, He was a third-round pick of the New England Patriots in uh, 2008. He threw six career passes, actually all all six of those coming in his rookie season, and then never threw a pass again in the league. But he bounced around between the Patriots, Lions, Jets, Dolphins, and Chargers from 2008 to 2012. Got his first NFL coaching opportunity in 2015 as the Browns quarterback's coach. In 16, he was an offensive assistant for the 49ers. 17-19 17 to 19 quarterbacks coach with the Redskins, and now he's the offensive coordinator and play caller uh, for the football team. 
Uh, so far this year, the team is averaging 12 points per game. That's 30th in the league. They're 25% in converting third downs. That's 31st in the league. Their red zone touchdown percentage is 40, which is 29th in the league. Their yards per game is 261, which is 30th. Rushing yards per game is 85, which is 25. Passing yards per game, 176, which is 31st. So pretty bad statistical offense they've played. They played against some good defenses this year so far, so I think that should be kept in mind. I mean, they've played uh, against Dallas, Chicago, the Patriots, uh, San Francisco, Minnesota. So it's not like they've had an easy schedule by any means. Um, and they're getting a lot more production out of their run game. Uh, looking over their first five games of the year with Jay Gruden, Adrian Peterson's high for yardage rushing was 37 yards in any of those games. So far under Callahan in three games, Peterson has 118 against Miami, 81 against San Francisco, 76 against Minnesota. So you can see a big shift there in Adrian Peterson's production and his opportunities to contribute in the offense. They had 33 rushing attempts against Miami. They had 39 rushing attempts against San Francisco in a very rainy situation there. So they've played in the elements. They've they've had that. Uh, they have some experience there. And uh, it's a team that's going to run the football like crazy uh, to try to keep it close. And Bill Callahan is thinks there's a correlation between rushing attempts and winning. So you can expect that this offense is going to be hungry to test this Bills run defense after a bad performance against Miami and an embarrassing performance against Philadelphia. Looking at their weapons, they have a really exciting young rookie wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's been awesome. Best rookie wide receiver in the class so far. He's been targeted 45 times in seven games, 28 receptions, 458 yards, five touchdowns. The passer rating when he's targeting for the quarterback is 124.1, which is a huge jump from the rest of their guys. And um, he's a really exciting talent. He's a very nuanced route runner, really good route salesman, knows how to get open, knows how to run detailed routes, has vertical ability. He runs 4-3. He has good size. He has pretty good hands. And um, looking like a number one receiver in the league right away in his career. Um, so he, if Haskins starts, that was his quarterback last year in college. So they've got some chemistry there. And then, of course, Keenum's the better quarterback, and so he'll probably have even better production. So that's the guy you really need to focus on in the passing game to take away because uh, he's been awesome as a rookie, and he's getting better, and he's really made some, some good corners in the league look pretty silly so far this year. The rest of their weapons in terms of wide receivers, Trey Quinn is their slot receiver, a smaller receiver, um, Cole Beasley type guy, I guess a younger version of that. He's been targeted 35 times this year, 177 yards and a touchdown, passer rating of 75.5 when he's targeted. He's their, their detailed route running slot receiver. Their other target in the passing game as far as wide receivers go is Paul Richardson. He's a big contract guy for them. They pay a lot of money to have him. 34 targets so far this year, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Passer rating when he gets chances to make plays for the quarterback is 77.7. They've been sprinkling in Kelvin Harmon a little bit. He's a rookie from North Carolina State, a six-round pick, a guy that I thought would go much higher, guy I like quite a bit. Um, not sure how much of a role he'll have, but he blocks really well, um, and that could get him on the field pretty, you know, decent amount of times, and he might get some looks. But I think their passing game, as far as receivers go, really is about McLaurin, Quinn, and Richardson, and really about McLaurin. 
Um, at tight end, uh, obviously Jordan Reed's out for the year for the millionth time in a row, which leaves the situation to um, really Jeremy Sprinkle uh, as their as their premier guy because their their backup tight end Vernon Davis is been injured as well, and it's not we're not sure if he's going to go. So if uh, if anyone's going to be the tight end, it's going to be Jeremy Sprinkle. Um, he's just a guy. He's had 13 receptions for 124 yards this year, 64.4 rating. He's from Arkansas. I mean, he's kind of your your ideal number two, number three tight end. Uh, not a guy that you you need to account for him. You need to respect everyone in the NFL, but he's not a guy that you should be looking at and nervous that he's going to be a game changer for the Redskins. He's a big guy. He can block. Uh, but as, in terms of him being a dynamic receiving threat, that's not what he offers. If Vernon Davis can play, now he's got some juice in the passing game, but he's only played in four games this year, and he's often injured. But he's certainly an upgrade in the passing game, a much more potent weapon at tight end for the Redskins, but I'm not sure he's able to go. At running back, it is all about Adrian Peterson. Um, and he's <laughs> look, he's an older guy, uh, but he's productive right now. He had a good year last year for the Redskins. And so far this year, he has 97 rushes for 383 yards. That's 3.9 yards per attempt, 2.97 yards after contact. So he's hovering right around three, which even vintage AP back like like you know eight nine years ago when he was awesome with the Redskins. I mean, he was he was still around th- mid threes. I think his highest was was like 3.8 something. So he's still picking up yards after contact. He's a physical runner. And, you know, he's a guy that's played a lot of football. He's he's uh, taken a lot of handoffs, which means he's read a lot of defenses, and he has a really good feel for where space is going to be, and he's going to challenge you with physicality. That's been his, um, you know, really his brand since his days at Oklahoma, and we've seen it in the NFL. And he really slowed down a little bit when he's initially gone from Minnesota, but he's been revitalized a bit with the Redskins. Like, like I said, good year last year. He's productive for him this year, and you know he's going to get attempts. And um, you gotta you gotta tackle him. You gotta get multiple bodies to him. I don't think he's gonna win a whole lot of foot races, but he's probably got more juice than Frank Gore. And um, just to give you a comparison there, and you're gonna have to get bodies to him. And it's gonna be a big gut check for this Bills this Bills uh, run defense to stop him. Um, their backup running back. I, I know they'd love to have. You know, Darius Geis, a, a rookie, they or not a rookie, a first year, a second year player now, a guy they drafted a couple years ago, but he's not going to be available. And same thing with Chris Thompson, who's a good receiving back, really good complement to Adrian Peterson, but he's always hurt too. They've thrown the ball him, to him a ton as well. So he's kind of their guy that they would love to have and get involved in the screen game a little bit, but it doesn't look like he's going to be available, which means Wendell Smallwood will be the guy that's the complement to Adrian Peterson, who's very ordinary. He's just a guy. Uh, he can catch the football a little bit. He's got a little bit of juice, but he's a uh, you know he's had a run with the Eagles for a few years. He's probably an ideal number three running back in the league. He's just a guy, and so this really is the AP show. But you obviously need to account for everyone uh, that you know in the NFL, like I always say. Uh, in terms of their offensive line situation, this is a veteran group, uh, guys that guys that have all started for a while in the league. Their left tackle is Donald Penn. Uh, their left guard is Eric Flowers. Um, big switch for him. He was a really bad tackle for a while. First round pick of the Giants. Everybody made jokes about him because he couldn't stay in front of everyone. And now he's kicked inside the guard and played a little bit better. Their center is Chase Rulier, who's a good player. Uh, Brandon Scherf is their right guard, who's one of the elite, the elite offensive linemen in the game. So the Bills faced an elite offensive right guard 
in Brandon Brooks last year, last week against the Eagles, and they get a really good talent this week again in, in Brandon Scherf, who's in a contract year and playing outstanding. The right tackle is Morgan Moses, who is at least an average right tackle in the league. So um, their best two offensive linemen are Chase Relier, their center. Uh, obviously, their best offensive lineman is Brandon Scherf. They have average players in terms of Donald Penn and Brandon Scherf at tackle. And uh, Eric Flowers is their left guard, who's probably a below average starter. I think you can outquick these guys. Um, you know, they're going to come at you. They're going to be well coached uh, under Bill Callahan, who knows how to coach up offensive linemen. They're going to get after you. They're going to be sound fundamentally with their technique. But I think you can outquick them a little bit. So I'm looking for the Bills to be aggressive shooting gaps and really, you know, challenging Adrian Peterson at the mesh point to make decisions that he's a little bit uncomfortable for because there's guys near him sooner than he anticipates. So I think the Bills have a quickness advantage when it comes to their defensive line against this offensive line, uh, except for you obviously need to be mindful of Rulier at center and Scherf at right guard. That's a really nice tandem that they have brewing right there. So how do you stop these guys, right? Well, they've not been a good offense this year. Like I did mention already, they've not played. They've played a lot of good defenses. Uh, but you really got to focus in on Terry McLaurin, their exciting young rookie wide receiver. And you got to focus on Adrian Peterson in the run game. And, you, I mean, it's not a lot of layers to this offense. It's not going to be overly complicated. Uh, I think they're going to try to keep it close, and they're going to be happy punting the football. But if their bills are going to get gashed in the run game, uh, that's going to make this a, a challenging game. So I think it's about stopping the run and focusing in on uh, on Terry McLaurin in the passing game. You know, they got some speed at receiver in McLaurin and Richardson, so they could take some shots against the Bills, uh, the Bills defense, and certainly set that up with some with steady runs and play action. But this is an offense that the Bills should be able to handle, and I'm looking for this defense to refine itself this week. As a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the seasons change. Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in every game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. For the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put $1,000 in, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use to make all your favorite picks. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's shift gears now to the defensive side of the football for the Washington Redskins. This group is coordinated by Greg Minuski, who's 53 years old, played in the league for a while as a linebacker, longtime defensive coordinator in the league, 12 seasons now as an NFL defensive coordinator. Kind of looking at his resume, he was a linebackers coach for the Redskins in 2001, 2002 to 2006, the Chargers linebackers coach, 2007 to 2011, defensive coordinator in San Francisco, 2012 to 2015, defensive coordinator in Indianapolis, uh, 2016, he was a Skins linebackers coach, and then, of course, in 17 to present day, defensive coordinator in Washington. 
So far, this unit in 2019 is 20. Uh, they're giving up 24 points per game, which is 19. Uh, 19 sacks so far in the season, which is 16. Yards per game, uh, 378 they're allowing. That's 26th. Rushing yards per game, 137, which is 28th. Passing yards per game, 240, which is 17. So pretty middling defense, one that certainly struggles in some areas, uh, and a unit overall that's been tested by some pretty good offenses. And, um, you know, the reality is they're probably an average unit. And I like a lot of their personnel that they have, so I don't think this is like a pushover defense. You know, you don't look at this team and say, you know, they're one in five and they have one in seven and they have really bad defensive personnel. I think they have some good players. Now they've got some holes, which we'll get into here right now. Um, you're not going to find holes though on this defensive line. I really like this group. That's a true three, four defense. So you get three, three down linemen and then, uh, you know, walk up outside linebacker. Their, their defensive line, their, their starters are, are good players. Deron Payne, John Allen, and Matt Ioannidis are the primary three down linemen. I really like them all. They're they're physical guys, stout guys, guys that play really well with their hands, um, and uh, you know good good technique guys. John Allen, one of the best hand technique guys I've ever scouted, and uh, I think he's coming back from a really good year last year, but that was cut short due to injury. And he's you know he's a first round pick, good player. Deron Payne, uh, also a first round pick in 2018. So they've kind of built this defensive line rotation with their first-round picks in 17 and 18. And then they got Matt Ioannidis in the fifth round in 2016, and he's a good player, really good player. I'm very impressed with him, a guy that really wins with hands and, and leverage and, and physicality at the point of attack and guys that really battle, really fight for their gaps. And I really like those those trio that they have up front. I don't think they're overly explosive or anything like that, but just good, sound players. Their backups have been pretty good as well. Tim Settle, uh out of Virginia Tech uh, in 2018, fifth-round pick. He's a big, big boy, but he can move pretty well for his size, and he's he's a pretty stout run defender. Uh, makes some mental mistakes, but a, a good physical player, stout player. And then Trayvon Hester, um, who I think gives them some juice as a pass rusher from the interior. He'll play in some sub packages. So that's the guys that they'll put with their hand in the dirt. They're, they're outside edge pass rushers. They play four of them, uh, but their, their top two are pretty well established. Ryan Kerrigan who's been one of the best players in the NFL since he was drafted in the first round back in 2011. Just the, one of the most consistent guys, high-level production, uh, one of the most productive pass rushers the league's seen since 2011. He's not had a ton of sacks this year, uh, which is very unusual. So he's due to start racking them up, and uh, he's extremely talented. The Bills will have to be mindful of him on every single snap. They drafted Montez Sweat in the first round this year, uh, he's been a good run defender for them. He's not been a very effective pass rusher, but he's a very explosive guy with tremendous length. So you can be assured they're going to try to get him in some situations where maybe he can out-athlete the Bills' offensive line, have him shoot some gaps, uh, maybe be creative sending him on some interior blitzes, those types of things. A guy you need to be aware of, plays with great effort and a really good run defender, and a guy that got drafted for his ability to rush the passer in the first round. So I'm sure they're looking for that to to really emerge here. Uh, throughout the rest of the season, they'll also play Ryan Anderson, who's uh, you know prototypical three-four outside backer, uh, can can do it all, not at a high level, average across the board, but he plays in subs as well as Noah Spence, a former pretty high pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guy with a lot of speed off the edge, hasn't been overly productive, uh, 
disappointment so far in his career, but he gets he gets some opportunities to rush for them, and he's got some speed that you need to be mindful of. Uh, so they play all four, but their primary guys are Kerrigan and Sweat. So when they have Allen, Ionitis, Payne, Kerrigan, and Sweat on the field, it's a lot of talent, a lot of good football players there to be mindful of in their front seven that you have to deal with, or you know, guys that are play up. Now they're off-ball linebackers, three-four defense, so they'll they'll play two off-ball linebackers a lot of the times. Their early down player is Cole Holcomb, a rookie out of uh, out of North Carolina. He's a good run defender, plays with a lot of energy, comes downhill. Uh, very physical player, uh, not a great athlete. You can you can beat him. You can beat some. You can win some angles on him to the perimeter. Uh, so you want to get him tested laterally with you know Devin Singletary is a good idea there. Uh, and then they also play John Bostic, who's been in the league forever. It feels like, and um, he plays a ton for them. He's a very average player, but a guy that's been around for a long time. When they take Cole Holcomb off and they bring in another backer, it's Sean Dion Hamilton, a player that I liked a ton coming out of Alabama. Very smart player. He's doing well in coverage this year, um, and he's very smart. So uh, good coverage sub linebacker that they'll bring in. So I like the front seven. Really good group. Really good group. On the back end, this is where I think you have some opportunities, and this is where I want to see the Bills go after some cornerbacks this week. Now let's start with the one you don't want to go after. That's Quinton Dunbar. He's uh, He's been really good for them. Uh really a young player that's emerging and playing at a high level this year. So far, uh, when he's been targeted, uh, the passer rating against his coverage is 37.9. He's given up zero touchdowns, and he has three interceptions and two pass breakups. I mean, he's been a good player, and he's coming you know, coming into his own as a top corner. And um, that's the guy you want to go away from. Now, everyone else is in play at corner. To Josh Norman, oh, he's getting cooked. He cannot run with anybody anymore. If you get John Brown on Josh Norman, throw the ball to him. There's going to be space. This guy's getting cooked. He's been getting cooked for three years, but it's all kind of catching up with him now. Very slow cornerback, and he's now he's like getting older into his 30s, and he can't run with anyone. And um, he's given up 140.7 passer rating to his coverage this year. He's given up five touchdowns. He's been called for five penalties. He's given up 416 yards in seven games. The guy is toast. You've got to go after him if you get chances. Uh, their slot cornerback situation has been pretty poor this year. They've tried two guys, Fabian Moreau, Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland's a rookie this year. Uh, and then Fabian Moreau was, I think, like a third-round pick a few years ago. Neither player, I, I think, has particularly bright futures. I like Moreland. He's a scrappy player, but you know he's got a big jump coming from James Madison. They're both giving up over a 100 passer rating and catch percentage against their coverage of over 87%, both of them. So they both have their issues. So that's a Cole Beasley opportunity. So this is one of the, your best two weapons at receiver – are John Brown and Cole Beasley, and you've got to find ways to get them opportunities against these players and go after them. Something that I don't think the Bills did well enough against Minnesota or Miami didn't go do it well enough against Philadelphia. Go after these corners. You need to do it. Uh, at safety, Landon Collins, they paid him a gazillion dollars to come over from the Giants in the offseason. Really good safety. I think he can do a lot of different roles. He can play in man coverage against your tight ends. He can play single high. Split zones, good tackler, physical, uh, really one of the better safeties in the league. There's no question about it. Uh, valuable player to the defense, and they're playing, they're paying him like he is for sure. Now, the guy they like to have opposite of him is Monte Nicholson, who's a pretty good player, but he's probably not going to be available. And so Troy Apke 
Fourth-round pick from 2018 will likely be the starter. He's been okay in coverage. He's got a lot of range, um, which is good for them, but he's really struggled as a tackler and playing forward. As a matter of fact, actually, Landon Collins is struggling tackling this year. Both those guys missing their share of of tackles in the open field. So if you can get those guys ISOed in space, challenge them, prove that they, you know, make them prove that they've that they can tackle, I think that'd be a good idea because they've struggled this year. Uh, and obviously Troy Apke of kind of a replacement level player uh, stepping in for their preferred starter and Monte Nicholson, a guy that if you get chances to test him, you need to do it. I mean if you get Apke and Norman on the same side of the field, flood it and and throw at it. You gotta throw it. That's the stuff. I mean, that's what you need. Josh Allen's gotta be able to go after those types of situations. And I thought it was there against Philly. Thought it was be there against Miami. And I want to see it this week. And you should be. I mean, look, it's going to be tougher to run against these guys, but you need to be able to do that as well. I mean, it's a good group. I respect a lot of these football players, but it's the NFL, right? Like you, this isn't an overwhelming group where you're like, oh my god, you shouldn't even be able to get an inch. It's going to be opportunities there, and you need to be able to execute in all phases against this team. You, you should be able to. They've not been a great unit. I think they have some good pieces. I think they have good good sections of their defense, but collectively they've not been that good this year, and I want to see this Bills offense start to wake up this week. Be consistent. Looking at their specialists, their kicker is Dustin Hopkins. You guys remember him. The Bills drafted him. He's been the starting kicker uh, for the Redskins since 2015, He's made 84% of his kicks in his career this year, 8 of 11 on field goals, 9 of 9 on, on extra points. Their punter is Tress Way. He's excellent. He's been a starting punter for them since 2014. Many people think he's one of the best five punters in the league. So they'll, they'll, they have a really good punter. That's you, you don't worry about his consistency. He's excellent. Their return situation, they've been experimenting with some things, uh, but Trey Quinn is their punt returner. And Steven Sims, a UDFA this year from Kansas, is uh, their likely kick returner. Neither one of them have a ton of speed, um, but, uh, you know, guys you need to be mindful of. Uh, but I don't think either one of them is overly established in their roles. And, um, you know, I don't expect them to really be players that exploit the Bills. The Bills need to be able to handle those returners. So there you have it. We talked about this team, um, one in seven football team, the Redskins, and uh, my goal every time I do this is to prepare you for the game, help you to watch it with from an informed uh, stance, help you to have good conversations around the water cooler about the Redskins over the next couple of days. So I hope you you enjoy these. This is like I've always said, this is like my favorite my favorite episode of the week during the week um, to really just kind of nerd out and talk ball with you guys. So hopefully you enjoy it, and um, hopefully you come back again tomorrow. We're gonna. Clean up our preview for the Redskins. I'll give you my predictions, some leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged up Bills about the injury situation, which looks pretty good. Excited about that. And, um, of course, I always kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. If you like what we're doing, five-star review is always nice. A couple sentences there. Always appreciate those things. And um, always appreciate you listening and all your engagements on social media. And uh, hopefully – Hopefully this is where we start to see the shift in the season. We'll keep talking about that. I'm looking for this now. I want the consistency on offense. I want this Bills defense to play with an edge and stop the run and uh, and really prove that they can win these games. And then let's go compete with some good football teams uh, starting that stretch there after the Denver game. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again for you tomorrow.